Reel on Reels, Episode 18. Ed and his dead mother, Oedipus Rex. Hey, everybody. Uh, welcome back from a, an extended break uh, from the uh, Reel on Reels universe. Um, <laughs> we are here today. Just to, the Reel on Reels universe. <laughs> to talk. Everything is a universe now. Yes. So. Uh, the, the metaverse. The Reel on Reels metaverse. The multiverse. Yeah. And then we are going to be talking about today Ed and his dead mother. A very, very unknown 1993 film starring Steve Buscemi. A black comedy yeah unknown is uh, definitely applies yeah i mean it's almost as literally unknown as it gets it <laughs> cost 100 or no 1.8 million dollars to make it made how much jeremiah it made like a little over a thousand bucks <laughs> yeah in theaters and i could i can't imagine it made much more home video it's not that big of a cult hit I mean, yeah it's a cult it's a, it's a cult in that it still exists right i don't think there's fans of this movie Right, like the movie's not that great. <laughs> yeah, we're just gonna get that out of the way right at the outset yeah. here. But anyway, we have uh, unfrozen. By the way, did we did we say uh, welcome to Real on Reels? And I'm Jeremiah, and this oh, is yeah. Rob. And <laughs> yeah, these people know us already. They're diehard fans. All um, right, so go ahead. Yeah, <laughs> we we unfroze ourselves from the uh, <laughs> the abysmal weather of negative fifty degree wind chills. Yeah, we've been frozen i've been frozen in solid ice since my birthday yeah we were going to post the episode but uh we were in solid blocks of ice like david blaine (laughs) or han solo but i guess that was that was carbonite same uh same general concept but i mean it was like david blaine but you know more uh pissing without a a catheter and (laughs) crying but we're, we're back and uh We've lost 95% of our skin due to the frostbite. <laughs> and I about would say that. about yeah. 35% of our flesh. It's pretty gruesome. Yeah, we're not doing well. But we're back. But our voices are okay. Oh, yeah. That's all you really need. Yeah. In fact, I think the uh, severe cold damage that our bodies endured might have helped our voices. Hmm. Makes them smooth. Yeah, once they thaw down, out. Down and dirty. <laughs> Only on real on reels. I don't know about you, Rob, but I already had a smooth, sexy voice before the, the big chill. And now I'm 31. Well, so I mean, you have, all that, <laughs> you have all that experience uh, working at a sex talk line. Well. What am I supposed to do? You have a heads up start. That is true. Practice makes perfect. Yeah. Well, anyway, um, we're going to be playing a game, too. Yeah, uh, it's a new one. It's called yep. Look Who's Talking. Yeah. And, uh, a I movie actually, quote game. Yeah, I actually had the Only idea Only on Real Unreals. Oh, of course. Yeah, we, man, how could I forget that? These are all these are all exclusive. You must guys. plug. Always be plugging. Always be plugging. A, B, P. Okay? Always be plugging. Okay. Um... That sounds like a nice little marketing gimmick you just made up there. Was that just right off the fly? It sounds like it sounds like you were doing like an impression from like Glengarry Glen Ross or one of those types of movies. Like I was, I was, <laughs> I was expecting you to like reference something, but was that all just? No, those characters are just based on me. Oh, okay. 
Alec Baldwin was playing me. Not bad. ABP. Always be plugging. Yeah. Good Mark- Leonardo DiCaprio marketing was playing me in Wolf of Wall Street. I'm Jordan Belfort. <sighs> Man, you look a little more like Jonah Hill, but no, whatever. Um, How dare so you? <laughs> <laughs> I set myself up for that one. <laughs> I had to do it, man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So we're but, yeah. We're playing yeah, we're playing a new game and uh we're talking about Ed and his dead mother starring Steve Buscemi. Yeah. And uh this is a, a dark comedy. Mm-hmm. And um it you can tell it came out in nineteen ninety three. Yeah. And uh you can tell it was um pretty low budget even for the time. Um Yeah. Yeah, not it's uh it, the most of it takes place in his house. Yeah, it's about a guy, Steve Buscemi plays a guy whose mother recently passed away, and he's kind mm-hmm. of like a, he's kind of like a non-psychotic Norman Bates type. Like, if Norman Bates was just a a normal guy. Well, not like a normal guy, but kind of like a yeah. a passive guy, I should say. I didn't think about it that way, yeah. He, um, because he is, he's not, like, crazy right. or unrelatable. No. He's just like a dude who manages his family's he does, hardware store. He's kind ca- He's got a weird obsession with the word mother, but right. other than that, yeah. Um, so yeah, he's a he's a mama's boy, I guess you could say. Yeah. Um, and so, but yeah, he like like we said, he's not. He's still just a normal functioning adult, you know. Right. And uh, he's so, got a job. He owns a hardware store. Right. Yeah, and um, he's actually a really nice guy, and um, his acting is more. And we'll get into the specific categories later, but. He kind of plays it almost like a TV role where he's kind of a little bit exaggerated for the comedic yeah, yeah. effect, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. So we can get into whether we like that or not. But Yeah, so but basically he gets approached by uh, basically a used life salesman. A used life salesman. Yeah, that's a good and, way of putting it. Uh, he gets approached by this used life salesman and says, hey, I can bring your mother back for the low sum of, I can't remember what the first price was. Yeah, it keeps uh, going up. But I think it was like five hundred bucks or something like that, the first price. And uh, he goes, okay. So he bring, brings her back alive. Does does what exactly what he said he was going to do. But he charge he starts charging, adding on extra charges because mm-hmm. he brings her to the house in a in the trunk of his car, his mom's like rotted body. Mm-hmm. From the graveyard, and goes well. As you can see, Ed, I'm uh, gonna have to charge you a little extra to put it back together. So he's already starting to get fleeced at this point. So yeah, he's a uh, he's got this clever sales ploy where he and you see a little bit more of like the um, the company that he works at behind it. But at this point, it's just like he's coming across as like he said, like a kind of a smart, used cars salesman type dude, and he's got yeah. a good. Um, he's good at he's a good salesman. Like he's like you're gonna. This this is the secret of life. Like, well, how can you how can you put a price on that? You know, and like this whole like getting him very hopeful. And um, by the way, he's played by John Glover. Yeah. Um, the guy's name in the movie is A.J. Paddle, mm-hmm. and um, he has this like he's got like the white hair and like a white suit, and he's like very yeah yeah he's just a smooth talker. And um, kind of forgot where I was going with that, but this company kind of revolves around like knowing people's uh like life insurance they've got like information about people's life insurance i think because like early in the movie steve buscemi mentions about how he or ed (laughs) mentions about how he has a life insurance life insurance money from right from his mother mabel oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. he's got like ten thousand bucks they work for the life insurance companies or they're a division of life insurance companies to recoup their money 
Oh, is that was that what it was? Yeah, they're actually yeah. a... they're recouping the money that oh, the insurance companies okay. paid yeah. out for these okay. insurances. That makes perfect yeah, sense yeah. and is a clever idea actually yeah. <laughs> for a movie. But yeah, for um, this kind of movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. But yeah, it, you, of course, it turns out that it doesn't work out as well as he, as he made it sound like. Yeah, because his mother dies again. Right. And he's like, well, Ed, you're going to have to buy more life. Right. And he's like, more life? And uh, <laughs> and uh, Steve Buscemi's character, Ed, lives with his uncle at this point. Or right. th- in the same house that their mother died. Right. His mother died. And his uncle's played by Ned Beatty, um, known from his performances in Deliverance and other such great films. Um, but he... Uh, but he... Uh, <laughs> but he... <laughs> he's a pervert, but he's a pervert, <laughs> and he um, just looks out. He's when he's not like eating himself to death and watching TV. He's looking at a telescope out his window because there's a, a neighbor that's like showing off in the uh... yeah neighbor named Storm Reynolds, played yeah. by. Well, she's Sam- like undressing, not really showing off, but at some at certain point she does start showing off. Right. Yeah. Um, and. She's played by Sam Jenkins, who is now Sam Sorbo, Kevin Sorbo's wife. But uh, you mean Kevin Sorbo, the star <laughs> of God's Not Dead? Correct. Fantastic. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, she plays the uh, the stereotypical. Wait, didn't he play Hercules too? Yeah. <laughs> Just kidding. He was you also ruined your legacy, Kevin Sorbo. He's also in Andromeda. He ruined the captain. He ruined his legacy. Go ahead. So, um. Kevin Sorbo digressions aside, um, she plays uh, Sam Sorbo, Sam Jenkins at the time. She plays uh, the sort of cliche '90s eye candy character. Yeah, the, she's literally the Yeah, she's literally the girl next door. Um, and yeah, and her only apparent uh, goal is just to have sex with Ed. Yeah, for some reason, which that is not seems to be her only existence at that point. It yeah, does make, it does make it clear in the end. Because it finds out that she's working for right. the insurance company, um, to I don't know, I don't know what that was supposed to accomplish. It's a, it is a little bit convoluted, but I think it has like, something something to do with what? Yeah, because she's working with AJ, the 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 uh, life, right? The insurance salesman and salesman salesman, yeah, yeah. the re- resurrection salesman, I yeah, guess yeah. you could say. Um, and but it has something to do with getting the rest of the money because like he his boss wants him to get he's like he's 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 like he was like undercharging him at first and he wants to get like five thousand bucks from him or something no it was like fifty thousand oh was it yeah it was something ridiculous he wanted fifty thousand dollars oh okay so that must have been the life insurance yeah then. he was like only making him pay these like sums of money and then when he does buy more life the more life act ends up being bugs yeah there's like some kind of special bugs yeah so the mother starts eating bugs and that's how she stays alive. I think the whole thing, I think maybe the whole thing about um, Stormy or Storm uh, getting like seducing him and everything was to um, release the bugs because she had to get in the house because that's what ends up happening, right? She releases the bugs and then the mom eats all of them. Oh, yeah. I think they said she was like kind of keeping an eye on everything, seeing right. how things were going. Um, that's true. That's that's right. Um, which did make her character more make more sense it, it, it kind of just seemed more at that point it made more sense yeah earlier on it just it just comes across as like the most forced 
yeah, awkward yeah. thing when she's hitting on him for no reason. Yeah, right. Yeah. Um. So yeah, his mom starts getting the uh, the hunger for bugs and life. Life feeds life, I guess. So she starts her hunger starts going beyond bugs. Like she she's given these tins mm-hmm. of like cockroaches and stuff, but then she starts uh, chasing down dogs and uh, other small animals, and um, she starts kind of going crazy. Yeah. And doesn't she end up killing somebody? I think she tries to. Right. I don't think she she tries to. Well, I know she tries to kill the. Um, what's her name? The the person that oh. was working for the company. Oh yeah, Storm. Storm. The, yeah, yeah. The eye candy lady. Yeah. yeah, yeah. There's not very many characters in the movie. Um, but yeah, she. So yeah, she has like all this energy, and she makes like a thousand apple pies or something, and like because she ate all the bugs at one time, and <laughs> yeah, she's just going absolutely crazy. Um, and it's um, there's a lot of like Steve Buscemi just looking stunned right <laughs> what's going on in the movie what have you done with mother yeah and uh yeah it's this whole this whole weird thing and i wonder if um that company like if part of their like uh, uh business model or whatever is to go after like these mama's boy types because like you would think or like look for people who are like have like an an obsession with the person who died maybe because then it's because they're more inclined to kind of like buy their crazy promises or just like mm. people who are kind of naive in general maybe yeah i but i think maybe they just go after everybody maybe i mean who doesn't i think you're i think it'd probably be more somebody that's got a life insurance policy is probably gonna have people that miss them that's true yeah so i think you're more likely to you know, you're better off trying everybody than that's true. Yeah. To some people. Yeah. And it is, um, it is an interesting premise. Yeah. Um, especially after you think about it some more. Um, but it does have that whole like Frankenstein element of like, you know, it's not, it's not right to mess with life. Yeah. And actually Ned, uh, uncle, uncle Benny brings a lot of that kind of aspect to it where he's trying to convince him that this is weird and wrong and they should pervert. Is like yeah, the, the, the voice, the voice yeah, of the reason. Voice reason. Yeah. yeah, and um, yeah, this is kind of like Frankenstein meets Psycho. That's that is a good comparison. Yeah, yeah. Um, so should we, shall we get into our review or our uh, ratings? Let's do it, Rob. And we should probably talk uh, a little bit about that ending. Ed decides that his mother needs to die. Yeah, because well, he can't afford fifty thousand dollars, and well, she's killing people or yeah. trying to. <laughs> So, yeah, there's a final showdown between Storm and the mother in the house. The mother, uh, buy, she go, goes into, like, a hardware store and buys, like, a, a lawnmower, a riding lawnmower. Oh, right, right, yeah. She and goes and talks to the the guy who works at the at the hardware <laughs> store, that the fam, that their, their family hardware store. Yeah. That guy is actually pretty cool because he just, like, no matter what kind of craziness is going on, he's just, like, real chill. <laughs> yeah, she's like, he, she's like, I need a, what kind of lawnmower would go through a dog? Oh, he was yeah. like, uh, well, what kind of dog? <laughs> oh, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I don't know, like um, like a lassie. <laughs> it's like, um, I think you're going to want a riding lawnmower over here, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. And like earlier, he was taking a call from the local That was one reverend. of the funnier scenes. Yeah, yeah he's taking a call from the local reverend, and he was the local reverend was trying to find the tool to kill his wife with because he's always angry at his oh, cheating, cheating wife. <laughs> yeah. There's like always, there's like these little weird 
things going on in the background. It's really funny. Yeah. And then there's that guy from, oh man, that just left, left my brain at just the wrong moment. From Napoleon Dynamite, the guy who plays the, uh, the uncle, oh, I think. Oh, yeah. John Grimes, I think. Is, oh, John yeah. Grease. John Grease. Yeah. So this movie has two weird uncles in it. <laughs> yeah. Uncle Rico and <laughs> Uncle Beatty. Yeah. Um, yeah. So she, he, he does um, end up killing her with a chainsaw. Yep. So that's her heads off. Head <laughs> off. Not heads. Yeah, we've uh, covered a couple of uh, chainsaw killings on this show so far. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it was a little disappointing because they don't really show anything. Yeah, Jeremy's kind of a, a gore hound. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, he. Uh, yeah. It, it's, it's a problem. Yeah. Rob's helping me out with it though. I'm trying I'm to steer not. me in a different. Dire- oh. He's unhelpable. All right. He's so got a, he's got a lust for blood. Okay. C- category time. Yeah, category time. Category time. C- 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 category time. All right. You had um, to run these songs by me, Rob, before we uh, just throw them out there. Um, no, Jeremiah. Uh, 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 no, Jeremiah. If, if, uh, uh, okay. Uh, uh, no, Jeremiah. Okay. First one. Acting. <laughs> acting. Yeah. So basically, the, I actually think that there are three actors that are pretty good um and they are steve buscemi of course right right uh ned Beatty, of course and john glover as the resurrection salesman fellow yeah um and i think actually he he and ned Beatty do a really good job with the material they're given yeah and um i think really play play those roles perfectly mm-hmm. steve buscemi i'm not sure if i really like the exaggerating yeah. Um, and the kind of like slight campiness of his performance. Slight. I mean, this movie is entirely camp. Yeah. The, the movie. Yeah. It's a campy movie, but I just feel like, um, I think, I don't know, maybe a little more authenticity would have added to it because it, it does come across to me. It's kind of flat because, <laughs> um, I do, like I said, I, you know, I, I don't feel like his action, his reactions are really real. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it takes me out of it. <clears throat> well, I mean, I don't know of a black comedy that doesn't take me out of it. Black comedies are usually like hmm. that, where they're kind of over the top and zany and... Um, That's a good point. Off, you know, skewed a little bit, something yeah. weird with them. Yeah, I mean, he, d- he does do a good job of being the, like, the normal dude, you know? Yeah. And I think th- that's why people probably generally don't like black comedies, because it's just... It never, it always has its foot in reality, but it's always kind of, it's on its, you know, on its tiptoes. Yeah. Sometimes that, that mix doesn't come across really well. Like people would kind of want yeah. one or the other. Mm-hmm. So, um, that is a good point. And there's definitely some underrated black comedies. We, we did the cable guy. That's a very much an underrated black comedy. Oh, for sure. Um, so yeah, I gave acting I, a 6.2. All right. I gave it a 5.5. <laughs> really? Yeah. So, like I said, I, I the way I, you were talking it up, I thought you were gonna be a little more, yeah, um, favorable. Upon further reflection, maybe I should have been a little bit more favorable. But uh, like I said, I just there were too many times that um, Steve Buscemi is kind of like exaggerated, yeah. you know, acting or like slightly cheesy acting took yeah. me out of it, and I thought um, Sam Jenkins was not very good. The guy from Napoleon Dynamite wasn't very good. Yeah. And it just wasn't, um, and the, the, um, 
What's her name? Well, we've had much to work with, to be fair to these actors. Yeah. <laughs> Miriam Margulies. Um, I didn't really, I, I didn't really find her funny or, yeah. and that was part of the problem is that the movie only had like a few good jokes. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's, you know, that gets beyond acting, but right. Um, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to go with a six for acting. Okay. Actually. Well, no, no, no. <laughs> Stick with the score. Cause then we have to change it with the recalculation. Oh no, all the math. Okay. No. <laughs> We here at Real on Real subscribe to the Jack Kerouac rule of thought. First thought, best thought. Well, you got me there, Rob. That that is a good principle. So, uh, screw you, Usually. Truman Capote. <laughs> Dissing on Jack Kerouac. Yeah. I got your number. Capote. T. Writes yep. while laying down. Okay, um, <laughs> direction. Okay, so direction. Um, I've got a 6.2. Six. Um, director was Jonathan Wax. And, uh, yeah, I, I did think it it has a nice, um, has a pretty, like, straightforward flow to it. Yeah. And um, so I, I thought it, it was decent directing for mm-hmm. the material. I mean, it's not like a mind-blowing screenplay. Right. But um, for for the material that they had, I think he did the did his best to bring the comedy out of it. Well, and he, when he could, he didn't write it, did he? No, no Chuck not, Hughes wrote it. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. Set design, art direction, costumes. So with all that stuff, I gave a five point three to that. I just didn't think there was much there. It was it was very, it was kind of like any normal like suburban house or whatever where like yeah. it's just it it didn't seem like much thought was put into <clears throat> any of it yeah i gave you know it some, I mean? 7.5 there wasn't much style <coughs> right i gave it a 7.5 for similar reasons it just felt i don't know just whatever <laughs> yeah right right yeah it's just it, it's nothing it, sticks out yeah it's a it's a black comedy about zombies and you feel like there should be something a little bit more there you know what I mean? As I, opposed to I just... I don't know, because it, it kind of gives it that Twilight Zone feel. You know, just kind of everyday suburban America with this weird thing going on that's behind true. closed doors. Um, <clears throat> so that's why I gave it a 7.5, because it's just kinda, it's basic, but it, it still worked for uh, for its purpose. Fair enough. Alrighty then. What's our next category there, Rob? Um, we are at Muzak. It's from Muzak. I give it a 6.3. Give it a fove. A five? Okay. Fove. <laughs> I give it a 6.3, uh, a little bit better. I did think, um, there was, there was a song at the beginning of it. I don't remember what it was called, but. Yeah. The um, intro. Yeah. That, uh, I did, I did enjoy that song. I thought it was, a, it hit the right tone. <clears throat> yeah. And cause it was like, kind of like a creepy song, mm-hmm. but it was like happy sounding. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I thought I thought that hit just the right note. I didn't really, nothing else really stood out to me. Um, but I will give a lot of credit for a good song choice. And if it, if I remember it, that's that's something because a lot a lot of movies you just don't even remember the music. Right. So. Yeah. Um, uh, what would you? Oh, so what was your? Oh, you gave it five for music. Five, yeah. Okay. What do you think about it? <clears throat> yeah, I mean the intro song was kind of nice. Other than that, it's. I don't know. 
wasn't really there enough to sure give high marks to you know right um editing i gave a 5.5 well the person who made the music by the way was uh, mason daring oh, okay <clears throat> and the editor was uh, lisa day who edited uh, eddie murphy stand-up film raw oh interesting yeah hmm. post special effects and stunts Oh, uh, so I've got uh, I've got a four point five for that uh, because I was very disappointed, honestly, that um, in a, in a movie that it ha- is about like a traditional horror topic and that is a black comedy, there should be there should have been something there should have been more horror, more blood, all that yeah, kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. Like there should just should have been more and there there are times where they literally would ju- just cut it where it could have gotten well there was that one scene where ed picks up his at the end ed picks up his dead mother's head yeah and, that's true she starts biting it she kisses him or he kisses her oh yeah saying, okay okay now what the hell is going <laughs> on but he uh yeah she bites his lip but then oh, he like yeah gets him gets her off of him and throws her head back in the grave to come back another day right yeah but it was really just that one scene that really had any special effects you know it was kind of right yeah so i just i i dang it for that because it could have had something again it gets it's very much a a lack of style and a lack of what you kind of want to see from this kind of movie yeah yeah um cinematography so i've got a uh 5.8 for that six okay did yeah. I say my score for stunts? I didn't. Six point nine was mine for stunts and effects. Oh, effects. Oh, okay, gotcha. Yeah, I just I thought. Um, yeah, I thought what they did worked. I assume a lot of the stuff they didn't show was because of budget. Yeah, um, but yeah, knows? that makes sense. Yeah. Um, cinematography. Yeah, so uh, I gave it five point eight. Six for me. Yep. And um, I do think that... Francis Kenny, by the way. Oh, okay. Did the cinematography. He did, he's probably the most uh, uh, renowned person on this cat, this uh, list because he did the cinematography for Coneheads. Oh, nice. Uh, Harriet the Spy, <laughs> New Jack City, Heathers, and She's All That. <laughs> okay, I've seen most of those. I I need to see how there's so a lot of a lot of familiar films. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, he he um, I it was very capably done. I mean, it was it was kind of it was the kind of cinematography that you would expect in a <clears throat> in the, those more popular comedies. Right, right. So that makes perfect sense. Um, and yeah, it's it's they there's not a whole lot to work with with the budget, but he does a good job of um capturing what needs to be captured mm. as far as like when there needs to be close-ups and when there needs to be when a shot needs to well i, guess I was gonna say it needs to it's sh- more like, of a director's job but yeah yeah um i don't know what do you what do you think about the cinematography what what aspects of it do you think came down to the cinematography that were either good or bad um specifically cinematography is always a tough one yeah because i mean we always end up debating over 
how much things fall under direction to me, cinematography. It felt like they were going kind of for an every town, an mm-hmm. every man, um, an every home. <laughs> so I, I think it worked. I don't think it's particularly compelling. But again, a lot of that has to do with the kind of campiness of every, every <coughs> of everything. So you're not really, I don't know. There, there's not a lot there to really work with artistically i guess mm-hmm. um so yeah it's um it is six. shot yeah it, it really it does it does come a lot of it down to the budget it's shot in just a very basic way i think so all right uh are we down to real factor um writing oh okay screenwriting of course i gave it a five i think it's an inventive concept um mm-hmm. I thought that, uh, you know, it's very formulaic. Right. Um, it's kind of it kind of reminded me of Bedazzled a little bit. You ever see that hmm. Brendan yeah, Fraser yeah, movie yeah. with um, uh, Elizabeth Hurley, where you know he's promised these things, mm-hmm. and then he's given it, but yeah, with these un unsaid uh, strings attached. Right. Yeah. Right. Uh, but yeah. I, I I really like Bedazzled, by the yeah, way. Yeah, it's kind I, of I like a guilty it. pleasure movie. That's, I like it too. It's, yeah, yeah, it's great. It's yeah. better than this movie. Yeah, I would a lot agree. More production <laughs> value. Um, but this movie, I think, is you know, it's kind of a weird one. Yeah, it's kind of you know hidden. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I do like I. It's it's fun to come across like weird hidden gems like this. Yeah, or I don't know about I don't have a gem necessarily, but <laughs> hidden. Yeah, <laughs> it's a. Uh, it's a it's a hidden rock. <laughs> it's a nice looking rock. Sedimentary. <laughs> Some hidden sediment. Yes. Um, but yeah, I saw this movie. My dad rented this movie from a place called Joe's Videos. Nice. Uh, <laughs> that had all of the '90s video store staples: <laughs> the plastic boxes, the TV, the gigantic TVs in the corners, held up by <laughs> nice uh, anchors and god's will and uh you know the curtained back room of course uh, <laughs> the black curtain <laughs> yeah and my dad rented this movie one time uh and he loves steve buscemi so uh, i watched it with him and that's how i know about it yeah i um i'm definitely a steve buscemi fan um and i this is might be my least favorite performance that he's ever done <laughs> um but you know it, i mean that's worth something too like it's it's, it's interesting to see like how how sometimes a a certain actor's like shtick or personality works better in certain contexts than others. Yeah, yeah. Um, and how you know how just how actors develop. I mean, I think he's he became a much better actor. Mm. Um, after that movie. Right, right. But you know, like I said, part of it really is just context because he's not that different in Fargo, mm-hmm. but it's just that it works really well in that in that context. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um. And yeah, he also just is more expressive and angry in that movie too. But um, yeah, so um, real score acting. Oh yeah, right, right, right. Oh, so screenplay. I I gave it a six. I don't think I, I said five. right, right. Yeah. And so the screenplay. Yeah, I I did think it had some good jokes in there. Um, and I thought, like I said, Ned Beatty, Ned Beatty's lines were pretty were well done. They were he did a good job of being like kind of the voice of reason and being creeper creepy uncle. <laughs> yeah. And um, 
I, I, I would have given it a higher rating if I thought that it had been funnier or um, just more interesting. Mm. Um, like the, the relationships had been a little bit more interesting and layered. Um, or if there had been some surprises or more surprises. Yeah, I, yeah. I did think it went in a little bit of a different direction than I thought it would when they when they brought in or when they gave uh, revealed the whole thing about them. The, uh, the storm storm yeah yeah working with um aj but um it w- wasn't enough for me it was just it was all too straightforward but yeah so but still gave it a six all right and real uh, factor so i gave it a five for real factor <clears throat> um and that i think that's my lowest one but uh yeah it just a lot of it fell a little bit flat for me i i did enjoy it it wasn't like no, nothing about it was like annoying or off-putting really like right. it was it did a good job of like not not being bad like everything mm. it was kind of competently done yeah so um yeah i don't want to give anything lower than that but i don't want to give anything higher than that either <laughs> gotcha i gave it a 6.9 um because mostly because of the nostalgia of it just no, sure. remembering it remembering the the final showdown scene with the lawnmower and the chainsaw and all that um, but upon the our rewatch of it, yeah, it was not doesn't quite hold up as well. No, no. I I would have liked it more as a kid for sure, just because it yeah. would have seemed more shocking to me at the time. I think right, right. Yeah, that's probably the first time I'd ever seen anything. You know, kind of like out there like that. Yeah, and it it hurts. It hurts a lot that like Santa Clarita Diet is a thing that show on Netflix. Yeah, yeah. Because it's very much the same concept, but it's mm-hmm. so much better. What's I mean? Obviously, there's a lot more money and better acting and stuff, but right. Um, and I, you know, I forgot to mention this earlier, but I also noticed a um, a little bit of a connection to Eternal Sunshine because it's a similar kind of like it's there's like a fantastical element inserted because it's like obviously no, no everybody knows that there's no technique for memory targeted memory erasing, mm-hmm. right? And so in this movie, it's the same kind of thing where it's like this technology being sold to people. Right. Um, that doesn't work out as well as you might think it would. And so it's kind of like messing with nature. It's a similar theme. Yeah, that's an interesting comparison, yeah. Right. And, um, of course, you know, again, it's not really fair to compare the two. <clears> but, um, you know, that's uh, that's just kind of how it goes. Like when you're trying to rate something and it's like, oh, this one over here does it a lot better. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Um, so. All right. Well, my individual score... Six point two seven repeating. Uh, I've got five point five six repeating. All right. Um, that means. So what is the real score, Rob? The real score is five point nine two 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 Close to the real score, but they didn't quite make it. Um, <laughs> and Rotten Tomatoes was at fifty percent. So again, they didn't quite make it. Yeah, actually, actually, critics and audiences perfectly agree on it. Yeah, for Rotten Tomatoes, everybody was split fifty percent across, all across. Yeah. Um. So, Edna's dead mother. That was a very interesting look back in kind of my film memory. Yeah, it's it's um interesting to look at 
to have that like as a reference point in my brain for like a movie that was low budget but still probably expect they probably expected it to make like a couple million they spent right. 108 million on it or a hundred, you know 1.8 million on yeah, it yeah. and it made like it was a massive failure oh yeah it lost yeah 1.8 million dollars <laughs> basically you might as well round down <laughs> what it made to zero yeah. because that's about what they the film company probably chalked yeah. it up as just a total loss they probably made enough money back to buy the posters right <laughs> um by and, the film maybe Right, and it wasn't a wide release, but even so, you'd still expect something. Yeah, they made their film money back. <laughs> Kodak got their share. Oh man! All right, um, so want to play a game? Uh, sure. All right. Well, let's play a new one called "Look Who's Talking." Boom! Bam, bam, boom! Bam, bam, Look who's talking! Only a real, all right, Jeremiah, ready to play some Look Who's Talking? I already said I was ready. Well, I'm asking you again to make sure. Go into the go into the rules here, Rob. All wait, right. Well, wait, actually, why don't I do that? Yeah, because it's your game. <laughs> so yeah, this is a game. This is a quote game. Quote time, game. Yeah, first time we've done a quote game. Finally figured out a good way to do it. Yeah. Um, or, well, I think it's a good way to do it. Nah. So each of us has gotten five or has uh, written down five quotes, and. Uh, there are piece, four pieces of information going with uh, going along with them um, that we can get points for, um, and or actually three. It's uh, the the movie that it was in, obviously the actor who said it, and the name of the character. And uh, so you can get a maximum of four points by getting all three of those and getting it without a hint. But if you use the hint, you can still get the three points, um, or you can just you know get as little as. Obviously, you can get as little as no points, but you can, you're can you going to get a point for each of those that you get, whether it's movie, actor, or character. I gotcha. hope that made sense. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> All right. <clears throat> All right. So why don't you uh, give me your first quote, sir? All right, Rob. So my Oh, fr- before we begin, though. <laughs> yes, I was... Uh... <laughs> why don't you uh, lift up that mattress of yours and pull out that uh, uh, ledger of ours? That you keep under there, ha- sticky pages. Rob, we have a we have a massive library and a butler. Yeah, but you insist. Yeah, I know, and you insist on using the ledger as wank material. Well, you know, it's just numbers. The Jeremiah. library, the library is full of such boring. It's just numbers. Boring stuff. Past games, and you're using it as smut. All right, this was uh, this was uncalled for. You're I'm bringing. I'm bringing out the ledger. So right. that, that means what's, the game officially what's the starts. Current score? This officially what's started. the current score? Uh, so the current score, Rob, is um, I didn't add the last one yet. Oh my god! <laughs> so you've you've got sixty, and I've got forty-three. You so one you're job. All right, I'm well in the lead. I had way more than one job. I had several. <sighs> yeah, you had to take four hours preparing notes. Uh, it wasn't quite that long before recording. That's a a weekly tradition. Yeah, that's here our at Real and Reels. That's our, our new New Year's resolution that I'm already failing on, which is to be prepared for the show. While I wait <laughs> here and <laughs> alrighty then, pull so my pub, look at the ledger. Let's play this game, y'all. Yes. <laughs> okay, so Rob. Yes. Your first quote. Quote. Yes. <laughs> Life moves pretty fast. 
if you don't stop and look around once in a while, you could miss it. Uh, oh <laughs> 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 Greatest quote of all time. Uh, it is Ferris Bueller. That is played the character. by Matthew Broderick. That is the actor. In Ferris Bueller's Day Off. That is the movie. What else am I supposed to come up with? That's everything. Oh, okay. I win. Yeah, and you didn't use your hint. Your oh. hint the hint would have been John Hughes, but you got it without that, so it's all the all four points. All right. That's too easy of a hint. The first one is supposed to be easy. All right. First one for you. All right. It's quote, to infinity and beyond. Okay, so <laughs> talk about easy quotes. <laughs> So that'll be uh that'll be a good old uh, good old Buzz Lightyear. Yeah. And uh Tim Allen would be the uh, voice actor there. Yeah. And I think I think the movie is Toy Story. That's incorrect. It's Toy Story 2. He says it in both and I picked that one. I'm just joking. <laughs> you got it right. <laughs> <laughs> you are the worst kind of person. And actually, coincidentally, that came out the same year. Oh, yeah, 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 Did you just become one of the Three Stooges? No, I became uh, Jay Leno, you know? Oh, okay. That works. So, uh, whoop, 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 whoop. you hear about that uh, Monica Lewinsky thing? Or? Wow. She had sex with the president. I think you're about 20 years behind, Rob. <laughs> Jay Leno always is. That's the point. <sighs> Gosh. Well, I think that's, that's the that joke. Bad. You about that uh, Michael Jackson thing? Or? <laughs> 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 All right, go. All right, so your next quote, Rob. <laughs> this one's going off the rails. Okay. Surely you can't be serious. I am. Oh, actually, sorry. It's two characters. Surely you can't be serious. And then the next person, I am serious, and don't call me Shirley. How dare you make me try to remember the names of these people? <laughs> the movie's Airplane. So, yes, that's correct. The actor is uh, Leslie Nielsen. Correct. I actually wrote down both actors' names. I figured if you got either of them, it'd be fine. But Okay, I don't know the other guy's name. I don't know their character's name. Or the other. Does. I should have said I wrote down the other characters' names. So I. So you don't what's know, the hint? Okay. I guess. Well, what's your hint for the movie or what? Oh, um, the hint probably wouldn't help that much for the name, but it's uh, the hint was gonna be pilot. Your hint is garbage. <laughs> your hint is garbage. So the pilot. Uh, yeah. So I give up. Character, or one of the pilot characters. Uh, yeah. So it is Leslie Nielsen's character was Stryker. Okay. So uh, you're gonna get your two points. Because you got right. the movie and actor. All right. Here's my number two. Quote, I know it was you, Fredo. You broke my heart. Oh, Fredo. Hmm. I'm worried because uh, this is not ringing a bell. So I might really? be, I might be wow. screwed here. This is a, <coughs> I thought this was an easy quote. <coughs> you read it one more time real quick. I know it was you, Fredo. You broke my heart. I know it was you. Okay. Um, I'm going to need my hint. Um, your hint is soprano. Hmm. 
Uh, so it's a TV show quote, I'm assuming? No. It's a movie quote. Okay, is it uh, from The Godfather? Ding, ding, ding. Oh, okay. And I've not actually seen The Godfather. Part two, but yes. I've not actually seen those. <laughs> so that's the... <laughs> yeah. I should have seen those just so that I could have gotten this question right was the now. actor that said it then. <laughs> Got some guesses you can make. Yeah. Let me go with um, Al Pacino. That's correct. Oh, sweet. I do not... Oh, uh, I know like one name of a character. Was it uh, Michael Corleone? Is that you got it? Oh, That's sweet! It. I yep. happened to get the right one. Okay, yep. good. <laughs> so that was three points because yep. I used my hand. All right. All right. So, Rob, your next quote. It was Johnny Hopkins and Sloan Kettering, and they were blazing that shit up <laughs> every day. <laughs> <laughs> it was Will Ferrell in Step Brothers, and his name is. Um... Those are both cancer research centers. Yeah, <laughs> Johns Hopkins and Slim. <laughs> <laughs> What's his name uh, in that movie? Hilarious. <sighs> I I don't know. Uh, so his name is Brennan Huff. Brennan, I knew. And it was Brennan. but you didn't use the hint, and that actually wouldn't have helped. <laughs> wouldn't have helped you with that in particular, anyway. So <laughs> you got three points. Sweet. All right. My turn, Rob. For a question or for a quote. Yes. <laughs> quote: I am altering the deal. Pray I don't Do alter, alter it any it further. further. <laughs> yeah. So that'll be uh, that'll be Darth Vader. From The Empire Strikes Back, one of the greatest films ever made. Actor? And the actor... Oh, you son of a bitch. That is a hard one, because I don't voice. remember. Yeah. Oh, I get, yeah, for the voice actor, it would be uh, James Earl Jones. There you go. Sweet. Four points, baby. James Earl Jones. Born to be Darth Vader. That voice, man. That yeah. so good. All right. Um, they just struck per- pure perfection with that one. Number four, round four. All right, Rob. Here's your quote. Quote. I'm not bad. I'm just drawn that way. Deadpool. That is incorrect. Huh. Hint. Your hint is red sequins. Red, Red sequins. Just drawn this way. <laughs> oh, Jessica Rabbit. Ding, ding, ding. Who framed Roger Rabbit. Ding, ding, ding. Don't know the actress. The name of the actress is Kathleen Turner. Oh, I didn't know that. Okay. Yeah. So there you go. You got your, uh, you got your three points. Sweet. All right, Rob, hit me. All right. Quote, generally, you don't see that kind of behavior in a major appliance. Ooh, interesting. Okay. Man, I'm going to need my hint. Um, it, it kind of rings a bell. Like, it sounds familiar, but I just can't, can't place it. Spectre. Spectre. 
Okay, that could be a reference to the James Bond movie, but that's a movie title, so I guess that would not really be an appropriate hint. Um, something having to do with a ghost, maybe? Is it from Ghostbusters? Ding, ding, ding. Oh, sweet. Okay. Uh, you and your Ghostbusters. <laughs> would the character be... Well, I'm not great with character names. Would Is it a Bill Murray quote? Ding, ding, ding. Okay. Gosh. And so, so I've got two points so far um oh man i really i i should know that i should know his character's name but you don't <laughs> but i don't peter vinkman oh okay all right well i still got the two he says it after dana <clears throat> after Sigourney weaver says there was a dog dogs in a, a staircase and a whole new world inside my refrigerator you're like you generally don't see that kind of behavior in a major appliance <laughs> yeah, i remember that yeah oh man all right rob so uh we've each got we've each got one more right yes okay rob so here's your next quote quote i'm just one stomach flew away from my goal weight wow <laughs> um Is that a Derek Zoolander a little, quote? A little bit of a difficult, more difficult one. That's a good guess, but no. One stomach flew away from my goal weight. It's not an obscure movie. Is it Legally Blonde? Nope. I guess I got it. What's the hint? The hint is fashion. Oh. I was closer than I thought with Zoolander. Um, you were. Fashion. The Devil Wears Prada? Correct. Yes. Good clue, apparently. <laughs> I do remember that. I think Emily Blunt says that. Correct. But I don't know her character's name. You're going to kick yourself. You done? Yeah. You throw in the towel? Is it Emily? Yes. God <laughs> damn it! <laughs> but you still got two points. All right. Nice job. All right, hit me with my last one, Rob. All right. <clears throat> Bliss and heaven. Oh, it was gorgeousness and gorgiosity made flesh. It was like a bird of rarest spun heaven metal, or like silvery wine, silver, silvery wine flowing in a spaceship. Gravity all nonsense now. As I slushied, I knew such lovely pictured pictures. As I slushied? Yeah. That I'm should be your hint. Pretty sure I've never heard that word before. Oh, man, that was a long one. Uh, I mean, the only thing I can really think of would be, like, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, but I'm pretty sure no. that's not right. Uh, let me think. Yeah, uh, do, you, do you have a hint for me? Yes. Your <laughs> hint is Citrus. Citrus. Um, a Clockwork Orange. Ding, ding, ding. Oh, wow. I do not remember that quote from... Is it a um, Malcolm McDowell yes. quote? And then the character's name is Alex. Yes. I hate you. <laughs> um, but, yes. Always with the Kubrick references on this show. <laughs> he, uh, yeah, that's Alex DeLarge talking about... Uh, Mo no, he's talking about Beethoven. Huh. Interesting. He was, like, he was like listening to Beethoven. And he goes he, into like a trance. He's like, bliss and heaven. 
He does love that symphony, which is why the yeah. uh, ending is so good. Yeah. You ever read the book? Well, not really the ending, but the climactic scene, I guess. Did you ever read the book? I did not. I read the book before I saw the movie, and man, they're both great. Really? Yeah. And the book is like, <clears throat> it's like the movie where they use that kind of slushy and that kind of mm. slang. So you have to like, it's the book, I, the edition I had had a dictionary in it yeah, of I've heard, the words. I've heard how it's like, there's so much slang that it's hard for people to understand. Yeah, it's like a new vocabulary. It's like train spotting. Train spotting mm. is very similar. But, um. A bit of that in, um, there's a bit of that in Brave New World, but, um. Yeah, yeah. Doesn't gonna, speak and stuff. Yeah. I was going to say, well, that, that's, I was going to mention 1984 too, but that one oh, it's, yeah, yeah. is, that one, it's a little different because they, explaining the words, like what they mean and why they mean what they mean is like a, a significant part of the plot actually. So it's a little right. different, mm-hmm. but, um, but yeah, that man, great book. Yep. All right. So Rob, um, you want to know the, uh, the point total here? Sure. You've got, uh, you got 73. All right. And uh, I've gained a little bit on you here. Um, let's see, I've got 59. All so right. what was the score of the game though? Oh, uh, for the game? Yeah. Oh, I won the game. It was the scores. <laughs> That's all that matters. No, uh, it was 16 for me and uh, 13 for you. All right. Yeah. So that was fun. Game you design, you win. And I like, I really like how the hints that really, uh, made the difference. That's yeah. Fun. Almost too much of a difference. <laughs> Our ends were too good. <laughs> All right. Well, this has been Real on Reels. Um, hopefully, we don't go into another uh, ice age here. Slushy ice Real age. Reels. Yeah, Real on Reels Studio. Um, follow us on Twitter, on Facebook, uh, on. Uh, Send us an email at uh, Real on Reels Official at gmail dot com. Yeah. Send us a fax at four two zero. Six 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 nine. Not a thing. And I don't know. You can send us a bird, I guess. Carrier pigeon. Yeah. Or a uh, falcon, maybe. Yeah, I prefer bluebirds. Oh, okay. So send some carrier bluebirds our way. <laughs> I don't know if they're uh, they're big enough to carry a letter. Well, we got to make blueberry pie somehow. Not use uh, berries and bluebirds. See you next week. (laughs) All right.